Spear is a supernova of Australian agriculture, a woman who has shot up through the ranks of some of our most significant organisations and businesses. Her plain speaking and clear thinking comes from her ground up knowledge of agriculture. So from partial experience as a Jillaroo to the Livestock Exchange to CEO of Auctions Plus and Chief Operating Officer at AACO. Now she's the Managing Director of Greenstock or Woolworths Meat, a standalone multi-channel beef, pork and lamb business delivering over 5 million packets of meat to about 1,000 Woolworths supermarkets every single week. So why have Anna Spear on a wool podcast? Well, when you've got a chance to meet someone like Anna, why not? Welcome to The Yarn. It's a podcast for the wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. Well, okay, it's fair enough to ask the question about Anna Spear, but she was at a farming field day recently discussing natural capital accounting, where the key issue of managing natural resources and being recognised for doing so in the market was the key issue, and of course, a key issue for wool growers, given the strong push to highlight our natural fibre on the global market. But I started by asking Anna Spear about what has been an amazing career so far. I don't reflect on it enough, Marius. Um, I feel very humbled and privileged to have had the opportunity to engage in agriculture pretty much my whole life. And I'm not really a country kid. Um, you know, I Dad's a city slicker and mum came from Western District, Victoria, so it's pretty lovely to be back here today. Um, but I just always had ag in my heart and, you know, ended up going on a bit of a journey uh, following my passion, which was the jillarooing and, and horses and livestock and, and ended up staying in the red meat industry. Um, and every job I've gone to, I've gone in with a little bit of fear thinking, oops, um, I actually don't really know how to do this. Um, I mean, to go from Auctions Plus where um, we were online livestock marketing and um, really connecting farmers with buyers to AACO where it was a hardcore operational, 21 cattle stations, a couple of feedlots um, and, you know, shipping and logistics processing and the like. Um, it has been a whirlwind tour. And then Woolworths, um, I never thought I'd be working for a retailer, but it's actually um, possibly been one of my biggest career highlights as I've learned more about the business, the reach, the opportunity, the intent to do good for a better tomorrow. And to step in there um, in the midst of the pandemic, six months pregnant, um, was, um, you know, I talk about drinking from the fire hose at Auctions Plus, first time CEO role. This was a whole new level. Um, and just the care of the people in the stores and the teams to make sure that we get food to the shelf for our customers every day um, in the best way possible has just been inspiring. Um, and I'm learning a whole lot of new tools Um particularly around collaboration and partnerships inside the giant Woolworths ecosystem but also outside. Um, so it's a really exciting place to be in a, in a retailer that wants to be a real ecosystem player. Um, so, yeah, it has been a bit of a journey and I, um, I think couldn't do it without um, the support of my husband who I often forget to mention but, you know, is you know, my North Star but also the foundation for everything that I get to do. You know, we've got two young kids, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and um, you know, he he holds the keeps the home fires burning and makes sure that you know I'm fit mentally, mentally and physically to be able to do my job, but also to be a good mum and a good partner. 
So I feel very spoiled. Goodness, uh, that is amazing. That's an incredible team effort. But there's a lot, uh, a lot is expected of women these days. Expecting to have this stellar career and be a wonderful mother and do everything and do it all at once. It's, it's amazing you've been able to do that. How do you do it? I, I think, um, yeah, look, have your cake and eat it too. I don't always do it, Marius, um, and I don't always do it to the level that I'd expect to be able to do it and, you know, those voices in my head get me down just as much as they probably get everyone down on occasion. Um, making sure you have balance and, and sweating the, the big things but not the small things or, you know, as we've heard about over the last 24 hours with the RCS program, you know, control the controllables. Um, and in my mind um, it's always how do you put your own oxygen mask on first because if I'm no good, those around me aren't going to be good. And you can hear I'm recovering from a bit of a cold at the moment. So this week's not too much travel. Um, but, you know, I think um, finding that balance is probably the trick and, and then prioritising. You know, for me, the kids and family need to come first. Um, but we do we, we do burn the candle at both ends. Um, we're running a 50-kilometre ultramarathon next weekend, Um I'm probably going to walk a fair chunk of it, I reckon. Um, but, you know, that's also a really special time for Andrew and I to be out in the bush together, um, just having time as a couple um, and having a few yarns and hopefully not too many barnies when <laughs> I get upset over things. But, um, yeah, I think you can have your cake and eat it too, but you've got to you've got to be clear on what your values are and what your priorities are and what needs to flow through to the keeper and what, what to pick up and deal with. And clearly you're an incredibly well-organised woman as well. You'd have to be to, to do all that. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't do I'm a, Andrew seems to think that I leave things around the house for him to clean up. I'm, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm organised um, and I think my team would probably say I'm a bit chaotic. I'm always thinking about things. Um, so a big learning for me is actually how to stop and reflect um, and celebrate the wins, whether it's personal or professional, um, with the team because I have a tendency to always think about what's next um and so we'll finish something and I'm always on to the how we could have done it better or what the next evolution is and um meditation's really helped me stop and be a bit more present in that space and and go wow actually it's, it's about the journey it's not about where we get to it's about all the good things we do on the way so we're here at Chatsworth House in Western Victoria talking around natural capital what um what does that mean to uh, Greenstock and to Woolworths, what 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 is the definition of it, and um, how do you approach it? So I don't know if I can give you the definition of natural capital yeah, specifically for for Greenstock or Woolworths, but I think for me, um, natural capital is about understanding and celebrating all of the good things that we do in our farming, um, whether that's in insetting or you know reduced inputs and thinking about how we leave our farms or nature in a better place than where we found it. Um, and from a green stock perspective, it's thinking about how do we support our farmers who are already doing a great job in this space in the areas of soil health, water management, welfare, um, thriving communities and playing an enabling role to support them to continue to do the great work that they do. So um, a little more, I suppose, around being um, advocates for farmers as well. I suppose as, as farmers we feel very much sort of individualised. It's a very much an individual um, sport. Gig. That's right, <laughs> um, and, and fairly isolating. And at times such as this, yeah, you feel as though you're, you're pretty vulnerable. Um, how, do, how do you want to sort of communicate to farmers and also to consumers around where their food comes from. Yep. 
So for us, we we try to think with a customer-first mindset. And for our customers, um, supporting farmers is right at the top of their priorities um, in sustainability and what they'd like to see large organisations do. So it's a a huge pillar for us to think about how do we support and enable. Um, Second to that would be around animal welfare um, and regenerative ag as well as waste, so thinking about how we take plastic out of the supply chains. When we think about our farmers, you know, a lot of our farmers have been with us for multiple decades, particularly um, in the sheep, beef and pork space, Um, and they've been working and evolving with Woolworths um, as we've evolved and and set up Greenstock and and those partnerships will continue to thrive and uh, through the highs and the lows of the markets, but also um, we spend a lot of time around the kitchen table understanding what we could be doing better or what are the opportunities for us to partner with them to unlock better animal welfare or um, nature-positive solutions in their supply chain, whether that's through feed additives for methane, um, sheds for feedlots to reduce emissions, Im- improve feed intake, but also you know provide shelter and warmth for animals or shade in the heat. Um, so it's, it is really how do we partner and then tell that story back through to the customer um, and educate about the great things that are happening on the ground. But also I think now there's a real focus on the nutritional content and value of animal proteins um, and that nutrient-dense product that we can produce um, that has huge health benefits um, as you're growing and uh, throughout life and looking at how we celebrate that more and and tell those stories is is certainly on our radar. Our social licence to operate as farmers, livestock farmers, has been under threat from a, a number of points, whether it be the live sheep trade or mulesing or what have you. Um, plant-based meat has come, but has it gone? Where's that Where's that at? Because it seems to be, there seemed to be a lot of it left on the shelves during the pandemic. <laughs> um, I think as we see consumers um, shift to natural, less ingredients, better formy products, I think, you know, the... Um, Alternative proteins have taken a bit of a, you know, a hiding with, you know, the additional salt and, uh, you know, factory processing that's required and people wanting to shift to food to far- food from farms as opposed to food from factories. Um, I think it's, you know, it, it's a choice and for us it's important to give our customers choice. For me being, you know, a huge advocate for the red meat industry and um, having a real focus on how do we do that better, more sustainably, to give people access to affordable, nutritious, delicious protein. I don't, it's not something I worry about or lose sleep over. Um, I think, you know, customers will choose um, with their minds and their hearts and um, the red meat category is, is significantly larger than the um, alternative protein space. Um, and I think, you know, we, we have a responsibility to keep evolving and I see the great work that's happening every single day and certainly as Woolworths we have a commitment to playing a role in acting like a leader and supporting and enabling um, the better outcomes in our supply chains and um, and sometimes that means you know, raising the flag on something that we might not think is the right thing um, from a consumer perspective or from an animal welfare perspective and then working with our partners to to improve that. More often than not, the great ideas actually come from our farmers on where they want to improve something um, or a new opportunity that they see. And so they're often educating us um, as much as we're educating them about the customer. Um, So it really is a collaborative end-to-end supply chain approach for how we add value. 
So how would you assess the um, the current social licence of livestock farmers? As in how do, how do I think we're going? Well, the consumer trust of our products, is it high? Um, it's, it, it's, it's constantly under threat from um, the vegan lobby group and for others that, um, and particularly at uh, environmentalists increasingly worried that we're uh, polluting the planet by producing these products. So I think, you know, farmers are still ranked in, say, in, in the top trust, most trusted people um, in, in those surveys where they look at, you know, who, who are the people that, that we trust and farmers are right up there. Um, from a Woolworths perspective, um, we are Australia's number one most trusted brand again um, and for us that trust is so important that we live it and breathe it and that we're authentic and we do the right thing. And so I think the social licence to operate um that's it that's always an evolving and moving target because we always have to get better and every day you can do something better and i think um we're in a great space in in pork beef and lamb um and it will continue to get better because there's commitment from our farmers and from our processes and partners to continue to improve in this space um as there is from us so i think it's actually we're in an exciting space we often reflect um on the benefits that our global market brings to the table. So Australia, as you know, is a 70 to 80% export market. So the retailers actually aren't a huge footprint of that market. Um, in fact, I think we, we put a floor in it sometimes in a really positive way. Um, but what the export market does bring to us is a lot of the requirements and guidelines that you're seeing happening globally um, that lift the standards in some areas as well that make us think a bit differently around, well, what should we be doing if we want to retain market access? Um, and that in itself creates competitive tension um, to sort of lift the tide for everyone. So I think that's exciting um, and we're seen as a real clean green player globally um, and we should aspire to keep that. And you've, you've said that NLIS and MSA have, have really helped to boost that level of trust and traceability uh, internationally particularly, but you've also said that um, certification and third-party schemes, there's sort of a move away from that, which was really interesting given that in in a way that sort of underpins our social yeah, licence. So, so why, is that, why is there a move away from those schemes? Yeah, and, schemes, certifications. <clears throat> certifications, so. yeah. So what we're seeing globally is a shift to, to more simple labelling and packaging um, and more trust in that actual brand because, you know, the average consumer spends about 10 seconds shopping the meat category. Um, so you can't have too much complexity or try and call out too much on that packaging to give them comfort that that's what they want to purchase. And so in um, in Europe on a recent trip, we saw a lot of the um, retailers and, and manufacturing um, sites shifting to, to a more simple um, brand that then holds the trust for that consumer. And for us, you know, our macro brand is a great example of, you know, wholesome goodness, good for you, good for the planet, good for the animal, good for my kids. Um, and so the trust is there that as we go and source products for that that brand, we're adhering to those brand guidelines um, and they need to make, you know, the, the welfare of those animals and the sustainability processes that those farmers go through need to meet the standards for that brand. Um, so I think for me... What I'd like to see and, and what I think we'll see is a shift to articulating the journey that we're all on from a sustainability perspective because it's complex. Um, you know, even if you look at the evolution from um, MLA's carbon neutral 30 target and now you know the conversations around, well, is it carbon neutral or is it climate neutral? Um, and that conversation is not happening because someone made a mistake 
when we made the CN30 target. It's happening because we're learning and we're iterating and we're evolving and we're understanding more about the challenges um, and the complexity of the different levers we have at our disposal to have a better impact on the planet. What's exciting is the R&D in that space in Australia has just been phenomenal and we have lots of different options to look at. We have no silver bullets but we're moving forward um, at a rapid rate to to having a much more positive impact on the planet and that's being driven by farmers, um, by scientists, by researchers, by industry because we all care about leaving the planet in a better place um, and we all believe in the wonderful benefits that livestock grazing has on our, our pastures and our communities. So. I think it's exciting. It's also possibly a reflection that uh, a realization that you know, f- as farmers, we, we we're not running a factory; we're actually managing an ecosystem, a complex ecosystem in flux. Uh, it's not an inputs in, outputs out system. Um, so hopefully that ev- evolution. So just talking about on, um, on that, yeah. I, I met a um, farmer in Ireland the other day, and. I just, he greeted me with, you know, I have X number of tonnes of carbon under management. How much do you have? And um, I was like, wow, you've actually swapped it into the positive. You're helping people understand that as farmers, we are actually managers of carbon and um, and we have an opportunity to be a part of the solution. And, you know, there's really only two industries in the world, agriculture and forestry, that can sequester carbon and you can't eat trees. And <laughs> I think, you know, for us, that is such an exciting opportunity to help people understand that the work that a lot of our farmers do is actually having a very positive impact on the planet. Um, yeah, well, it's so nice to hear you say that. I mean, farming is building carbon and things we can use. It's exactly that. And every secondary school student should be able to tell you that, about the carbon cycle. So um, just in terms of certifications, I asked you this last night just as we are having a chat about the wool market. Now, I know, no, this is a wool podcast, but these, we obviously grow meat as well. What, what, do, what does the wool market mean to you? What do you think it means to the consumer? I know that's a little out of your um, area, but just, just on, a, on, a, on a whim and on a thing, when you think of the wool market, what do you think of it's, and it, what's its role? So it's a funny one because I, I feel like this is a, I'm walking into a bear trap here. No, no, I'll, no. I'll, 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 share, I'll share my honest um, opinions as I like to do. You know, for me, um, when I think about the wool mark trademark, I think about a few things. I think about Australian wool. Um, it doesn't necessarily make me think about the best wool, as in it doesn't, I don't, I don't have immediate connotations that um, it's, you know, 100% mules free or it's off regenerative farms. Um, it, it makes me think of, of Australian wool as a whole. Um, what it does think, make me think of, and this is something I actually was talking to someone else about, um, I've, I saw the recent ad where they're swimming in a pool of oil mm. um, and talking about, you know, the benefits of the wool industry versus the synthetic industry. And then I was talking to this guy and I said, oh, do you remember the one that they did about history and it was like cavemen days all the way through to exercising um, and wool being naturally um, odorless, like removing odour and you could sweat in it and you didn't stink. And, like, that was just the coolest ad and most innovative ad I've seen. How do we get that stuff out into mainstream, you know, media so that everyone can see the amazing benefits of wool? Um, And being in the Western District, I also felt a bit guilty that I had my more synthetic puffer jacket on and everyone's wearing these beautiful wool jumpers. I do live in Brisbane um, and my woolen jumpers, um, you know, stash is actually depleted since living in Brisbane. But, you know, it's such an amazing natural fibre. Um, that's biodegradable 
um, that people are doing really innovative things with. I used to get around in my Allbirds shoes. Um, I think, you know, how do we amplify the great product that we are growing in Australia? But I think, you know, the, the, tra- the Woolmark trademark for me, it means some things, but it doesn't necessarily have all of the connotations that you might need it to have to tap into, you know, luxury businesses. Or And, and we, we should want it to have that because um, a rising tide lifts all boats. So it's a chance to revamp it, uh, to modernise it, to represent something else. <laughs> I, I reckon I'm, not gonna, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to go down that path because I have no idea what's happening in politics in the wool industry at the moment. Uh, so, Anna, thank you very much for joining us. Your time is so valuable. Um, you're a superstar for agriculture and for farmers. Congratulations on everything you've achieved. Um, thank you for what you do and thanks for having you on Oh, my pleasure, Marius. And I think um, humbled to hear you say that, but I couldn't do what I do without all the amazing people in our industry. And I actually just feel privileged to be a part of it. Um, so days like this have just been lovely to reconnect with people and, and hear about all the really wonderful things that they're doing and how much they care about our industry and the planet and their animals, but also the power of the collective when we come together. Um, so a huge thank you for you for pinning me down and having a chat. Anna Spear, of course, Managing Director of Greenstock or Woolworths Meat. Now, I know you're probably screaming at your phone right now, wanting to know what will happen with the price of mutton and beef, given the current difficult trading conditions. And as a producer, of course, I did ask this. Anna's response, of course, was simple. If it's going to rain, it'll keep lifting. If it doesn't, it's going to be more difficult. But one way or the other, we're going to make our way through. So it was great to meet Anna Spear, and if you have other suggestions for people or topics for the yarn, please send them through to theyarnatwool.com. And of course, you can keep up to date by following Australian Wool Innovation on Facebook, Instagram and X. But for now, from me, Murray's coming. Thanks for having a yarn with us.